Welcome to Avondale Sky Winery. This is a story of risk, passion, and family. A story about rural life and community. A story about adapting to survive and learning to thrive. If you love wine, business, and the thrill of new ventures, then sit back and enjoy Avondale Sky Winery. This week, we join the team as we tour the art of winemaking and embrace the ups and downs of agriculture. Carl Catino is one of the co-owners of Avondale Sky Winery. Right now it's harvest and the whole place is a hive of activity. We're around the side here of uh, the winery and we're going to go to the crush pad. Uh, it's uh, quite a cool spot. Uh, it's a busy time of year here at, during harvest. Um, so crush pad is exactly what it sounds like. It is where grapes get crushed, uh, where grapes come to die and wine is born. So uh, it's pretty cool uh, to see it firsthand. The mountains of different colored grapes are waiting for their turn in the next step of the winemaking process. Well, you're passing some bins here of grapes. You'll see a few different ones. This is Marichal Foch. So this is a, a red grape that would go in our notorious R.E.D. Uh, and we've got, I believe this is some, some Vidal grapes. So these are actually from another vineyard that is uh, brought, brought here. So we buy grapes from probably four or five different vineyards in Nova Scotia. So it's still Nova Scotia grapes. Um, but it helps supplement the harvest that we have here. And also, even though we're a small province, you can actually get very different growing conditions and climates uh, that can lead to different quality of grapes. So it's kind of nice to get a bit of a blend of, even if it's the same type of grape, you might get a higher sugar content, which is your bricks content. I'll take you over here. This is the actual de-stemmer. Uh, it's a cool thing to see in action, so you'll actually uh, ben, with our with the forklift, will will dump the grapes into uh, the de-stemmer. All the stems will get spit out into that bin. The grapes get pumped out right into the grape press, which I can take you over and, and show you that. So you can see this is all ready. It, it's not in use yet, uh, but you will see it soon enough. And, and the hose will actually pump the grapes right into this press, skins and all. If you've never seen a grape press, it's a unique contraption. It's got like, obviously it's got a little bit of a, a grate to it. So, so the juice can get out, but not the skins. Uh, it would look like what I would view as like a torpedo or something like that. Um, and it also has a eerie way, looks like a metal coffin. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's got like the big bladder inside is, is obviously it's inflatable, uh, almost like a big balloon that you put air pressure and, and it will actually squeeze. And it's got, you know, six different metal lids on it here you can hear and then those get locked with a beam so nothing nothing is getting out uh except juice and uh, and then there's a crank that'll obviously help uh rotate it but i don't know that i can compare this to any other thing i've seen in my life otherwise amongst the hustle and bustle of the machines a key team member is in his element winemaker ben and this is ben uh ben swetnam our winemaker here at avondale sky hello uh, well, right now we're just getting everything set up to uh, crush and press some Vidal grapes that we uh, received late last night. Press all the juice out and then, uh, yeah, cold settle the juice overnight so that little bits of skins and seeds or whatever that gets through settles out. It wouldn't make very good wine if you just started fermenting it right away. So you take the nice, clear, clean juice right off the top. Ben has a relaxed nature, but honestly, this is crunch time for the whole operation. 
This will be our biggest day, I think, of the harvest. We've got eight tons to process today, which by some wineries, um, you know, would consider a, <laughs> a morning's work. But for us, it'll be all day. We're pretty small. Quite frankly, just the grapes won't wait. You can't keep them. You know, <laughs> once they're off, you gotta gotta deal with them right away. And this is this is the one chance a year I I get to get it right. So don't wanna, you know, don't wanna shortchange all the work that everybody put into growing those grapes by uh, not getting at it. And just like the Cotino family, wine for Ben is more than just a job. It's really nice to, to make something like wine that so many people around the world enjoy. Uh, I think it's something that brings people together around a table, too. It's uh, one of those things, you know, it promotes conversation and good times. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's a special industry to be in. <laughs> Once the press has crushed the grapes, its next stop will be one of the many tanks. Forgive all the background noise uh, as the machinery is going. I can take you through, it's definitely tight quarters. If you want to take a step, just watch your step around the hoses. Uh, so there's lots of hoses and fans and chillers and extension cords. And and this is Maria. Maria is uh, was just cleaning a tank, God love her. So that's where the wine's going to be ending up today. So from the press that we saw, that hose is fed right into where that tank's going to be. And that's where that wine, that Vidal grapes will sit until we're ready to actually either blend it into some wines like Tidal Bay or make it into uh, a wine like Nirvana or something like that. Uh, interestingly enough, Vidal, that grape is also the grape that would be used for ice wine uh, if the conditions were right. These are stainless steel tanks and they're all, uh, you know, some of them, they look the same when you're close, but they're all actually different sizes. Uh, you can see right on here the year that they were made, where they came from, what their capacity is. Uh, this is our biggest tank, uh, aptly named Biggie. Uh, as I said, named after some rappers. You little Kim right beside him, just like they do in Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, so it's tight, uh, but you know it's well managed, and uh, Ben Ben definitely keeps a good handle on it, keeps it very sanitary. But it's yeah, you, you if you're claustrophobic, this might not be your your favorite place to be. Oh, I'm just uh, filling up a jug to uh, put some cleaning solution in to clean out these tanks. This time of year, it's all cleaning and logistics management. <laughs> and choosing the right tank for the right batch is always a big gamble. With something like Harvest, the challenge you're dealing with is, you know, one, you're getting grapes. Okay, well, how much is that actually going to equate to in juice? And it's not like, oh, okay, we, we're near the top. Like, are, do we have enough room or not? Because where's that juice going to go? It's going to go on the ground and we're wasting it, right? So you, Ben's got to do a really tough job of estimating how much. And you also don't want to waste space. Like you don't want a tank filled to, an example, 60% full. And now what do we do with the other 40%? Maybe that could have all fit into a smaller tank. So it's a bit of a juggling act. But it's also then what, great, what uh, wines are you going to make from these grapes? Because uh, you can't just put them all into one tank because you're going to, you know, end up with, a, with a, a big mixed bag. For Ben, there are a lot of mysteries around this process that he's eager to educate visitors about. One of the sort of simplest things that most people don't realize is just the process for white and rosé versus the process for red is completely different. And I think a lot of people just think that everything is you just press the juice out and ferment it, but with reds you ferment the whole berry. Um, and so it's a totally different process to, to whites and rosés and uh, I don't think don't think many people realize that. I think the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is we don't add water to the wine. <laughs> it's just grape juice. Um, a lot of people, especially if they're home home winemakers, making stuff from kits. You know, there's a lot of concentrating, rehydrating, and that kind of thing. And 
in, uh, in professional winemaking. It's just grape juice. <laughs> and while the team use a wide variety of Nova Scotia grapes, the winery's location has significance. It's a beautiful location, a beautiful part of the province. Um, I think it's, it's a special little spot here between the, the three rivers. And, uh, you know, the, the vineyard's really interesting from a, a soil's point of view. And, and the climate is, is very unique with, uh, with the tidal influence from, from the Kennecook, St. Croix, and the Avon rivers. Um, so it's, it's just kind of a, a special little spot. <laughs> So you'll see now Ben's actually got the tote up on the forklift, just so you can appreciate what we're uh, seeing here. And uh, from, from Maria's vantage point, it's sometimes really scary. You can see the juice coming out of this. Now, what's different about this is these are machine-picked grapes, okay? So at our vineyard, we do all hand-picked grapes. So if this was uh, a, a bucket of our grapes, it would be all grapes. But because this is machine-picked, a lot of it, this came from another vineyard in Nova Scotia. Uh, a lot of it does get pressed early and that was Ben's point we don't have time to let it sit around uh, in a in a bin it will go bad so we got to get it pumped properly uh, filtered and then into a tank and allow the wine making process to begin uh, and then this is go time it's like we're pressing it if it's ready to go this is the first step or I guess the first step of the wine making process now that it's the vineyard process is done While these grapes are waiting to be crushed, there are still thousands sat in neat rows waiting to be picked. And it's not just grape pickers waiting to get their hands on them. Uh, one thing we'll watch out for uh, is there is an electric fence that's up right now, so uh, we won't we'll make sure to stay away from that. It could be on. Uh, raccoons this time of year and other wildlife love to get in and uh, get as much uh, grapes as they can, and they do it quick, believe it or not. Uh, and the bigger fence around the outside is to keep uh, larger wildlife like deer uh, out. And uh, when we first bought this business, uh, there was no fence. And we actually were losing a lot of grapes to, to wildlife, uh, especially deer. Uh, and what they do is they'll, they'll get in there and eat the shoots uh, to the point that the grapes don't even grow. For vineyard manager Pete, it can be a spectacle. Uh, well, my name is uh, Peter Smits and I'm the uh, vineyard manager at Avondale Sky Winery here. The, uh, the raccoons are, they're just non-stop there and they, they just, if they get in, they will completely strip a section bare in a very little, uh, a very short amount of time. And they're just little processing machines just in one end and out the other. And it's just, they're terrible. We've got an electric fence that covers the whole area around the vineyard and it does keep them out. But even then they, they constantly test it. They go up to the fence and see if it's working and it normally is so they get shocked and run away and then a few hours later come back to a different section and test the fence and see if it's working and get shocked and run away so you've got to be always on guard they never really learn their lesson and sort of wait around and see well maybe maybe two hours later the fence won't be off and, but and, and the deer we used to have a problem with them but we did put up this uh, great big high deer fence around here um so it keeps them away so uh, they they were a major problem in the spring, coming and nibbling our young shoots of the vines as they were emerging um, out of dormancy from the winter. But now that has been taken care of and everything can grow to its full potential out here. In here we've got uh, 23 acres of, uh, of vines, uh, 15 or so varietals of, 
grapes that we grow ourselves. Uh, the actual property is 109 acres. Uh, so there's a lot of land that's not used for grape growing, but uh, at the same time, you know, you see this and you think, oh my God, we got to pick all these grapes with our hands. And uh, it's, it can be daunting, but we have an amazing crew. We've got volunteers here as well that come out to uh, help us pick the grapes. And it's, it's about six weeks of, of picking. You can see some of the lackadee here. The picturesque vineyards are a place anyone would want to enjoy spending time. It's why people volunteer every year to come and pick. I think some people, like we'll ask through the year, um, you know, if they're interested in volunteering and, and many people want to do it just for half a day or a day, experience it. It's very peaceful. You can put your, you know, music on or you can, you can just zen out yourself and, and meditate while you're doing it. It's quite peaceful. Um, you know, there's been a lot of times when my wife and I are doing it, she's like, she'll come up to me and she'll say, can you get the song? I heard it through the grapevine out of your head. And so it's just like those things. Like you're just, you're singing to yourself. You're you know talking to yourself. And then we, we start saying, is that where the phrase, I heard it through the grapevine came from? Because sometimes you can't see the person on the other side of the vine because there's so many leaves, but you're still having a conversation. Uh, we'll go out and see the, see the pickers. the sounds of happy grape pickers travel. We're just picking some Marshall Fauche grapes and yeah, just having a good day at it. Jeez, it's been pretty, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> going down the line here, yeah. It's good for the community. We're just kind of helping the vineyard out, picking some grapes and hopefully this is a good help for, for them. Sorry business uh, offered us to go out for the day and try it out and thought it was a neat experience just to see the vineyards and the beautiful and seeing the starting point and everything. The joy being out in the fresh air um, helping the community um, it's a great experience and learning a lot. They, it's giving back to our community and supporting local uh, communities thrive and right now as far as I'm understanding is the, the wineries are hurting for helpers. So definitely get out there, help out uh, your local winery and uh, give back. I come every harvest. I've been coming for about six years now. I like being out with different people, with the fresh air, moving, being active. Yeah, the people are great too. I think it's a huge bonus for anybody coming into something like this to see where it starts, how it ends that glass of wine at the, the bottom, but to be out and be active is so beneficial in itself. And while the volunteers are an important part of picking, the vineyard has a roster of paid staff, many of whom live locally. Jamie's family have found employment here at the vineyard. Well, my family roots can probably be traced straight back to the shipbuilding days back here in this particular area. But uh, we've been, we've been uh, my physical family, as in my mom and dad, we bought land here in the early 70s. There's other family members that have been around for a lot longer than that in this area. But I grew up through here, playing in the woods and everything all through here. And, and like Jamie, uh, at one stage we had four generations. <laughs> he brought his, he brought his, uh, his sons and, and, and his grandchildren. And of course his dad was working at the same time. So 
Yeah, it was nice to see the whole family. Uh, so it's not only it's not only us, but it's their family. It's uh, it's it's great to see the family farm as as it should be. And the continued growth of the Nova Scotian wine industry has seen rural communities thrive. It is an interesting swing in the way everything kind of, I, I don't even want to say really come full circle because nobody's building ships anymore, but just the simple fact that after the, the, the flood of people from the shipbuilding went down, nothing else, uh, nothing else disappeared. People just kind of remained and kept plugging away every day and became into a great farming community. My wife had started here first. And I would just kind of come in occasionally to help them when they needed it. And then when the opportunity came on full time, I hopped at it. I mean, you know, two minutes down the road, I don't have to travel. I could literally walk here in less than a half an hour if I needed to be here. It's really nice being home, close to home. Uh, you know, it really warms my heart, uh, you know, not to sound sappy about it, but it's pretty cool like to be able to know that you're employing people in a rural community in Nova Scotia uh, when there's, you know, lots of other people that are maybe looking for work or out of work. And um, uh, to me, I think that's that's great. And obviously, you know, we're trying to all make a living at it as well. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you, you get to know these people and they become like an extended part of your family. And for vineyard manager Pete, this kind of employment offers a great quality of life. Well, this will be my 16th year, I think, of picking uh, picking grapes here and looking after vineyards. So um, at this winery, I've been here six years now. I mean, the weather's quite nice out here, and it's uh, um, we get fresh air every day, and it's uh, we get to um, experience green all around us, which is I think that's the only way to it's the only way to live really. <laughs> <laughs> got to have green and a beautiful place around you and it's uh it, it keeps you in in a healthy sort of uh, uh frame of mind as well as your body healthy too so so a successful harvest really caps everything off you know we, we love pulling off uh bins and bins of beautiful looking grapes at the end of the season because un- up until then that has been the entire goal is to keep those ones alive and once it's done it's uh it's such a huge relief And while life in the agricultural world can offer amazing lifestyles, no amount of planning or investment can control the weather. Every year is a challenge, but you have no idea what that challenge is going to be when the year starts. Um, Every year there's a completely different weather phenomenon which comes along and alters our plans midway through and we have to all of a sudden take a new direction. Sean and the rest of the family knew this was a factor from the start. Agriculture is definitely the biggest risk in, in our business. And we knew right away when we were buying the business how 2018 affected our, uh, the wine industry. So 2018 was the year Nova Scotia had a really late frost. So I believe it was June 4th or June 5th. Um, and so the buds had already broken. Or the buds were out on the, on the vines and uh, the frost killed them. And so we lost that year 86% of our crop that year. Um, and most wineries did. And it was... Uh, that was across the board with most farming, I guess, not just grapes. Um, and it was a year that we were allowed to reach out to Ontario to get a lot of lot of wine, and I think even for our Tidal Bay, um, which is generally has to be 100% Nova Scotian grapes and all, all that kind of stuff. It's 100% Nova Scotian wine. Um, but that was the year since we all lost so much, um, like not, roughly 90% of our crops, what can you do, right? Um, so we, there was an exception that year. 
Um, and so we knew by get, getting into the business that 2018 had such a terrible year, and that's not something you can really mitigate. Uh, it's, there's only so much you can do. You can buy super expensive equipment, but this is supposed to be the frost that only happens once every 70 years or so, and you knock on wood and hope for the best. But yeah, there's that, and uh, and then 2019 was slow to recover. So it's those grapes are they took a hit, and the vines are hurting also. So 2019 was still just a recovery year. Luckily, since they took ownership, the seasons have been more than kind. Our 2020 vintage, our first harvest with the winery, was beautiful. Yeah, the wet, the summer was hot, dry, and we have a lot of old vines, so some of the oldest vines in Nova Scotia. And those old vines, they have really deep roots. So if it's hot and dry, it's okay. They will, those vines will survive and uh, dig deeper. Uh, they'll find their water. So... Yeah, it was it was a great it was a great harvest 2020, um, but this year was definitely a little tougher. It was now it's a, getting a little bit more to what the risk management that you can't really manage, uh, Mother Nature herself. Uh, so yeah, it was a uh, it was a wet year, wet July. We had a, a couple hailstorms that were I think five days apart or not even. So that that rips through the canopy, so the leaves and those are your solar panels that will help ripen the grapes. Um, so yeah, you, we did have a lot of humidity, a lot of damage from the hail and even the berries had little chunks taken out of them and that can be a, a place for rot to happen. So, so once they're exposed uh, to the elements then bugs will try to get at it all that kind of stuff, birds will smell a little easier, raccoons, virtually everything, <laughs> nature will get to it when it's uh, exposed like that. Um, and so sour rot can set in and all those kind of things. Luckily, it was a, a bumper crop of a year, and I think that's in general for, for most agriculture. So if you looked at an apple tree this year, it was just full. So um, the thing about grapes, though, they're tight clusters, so you did have a little bit more disease because you need that airflow around it. Um, but thankfully, since it was a bumper crop, a little bit of a bigger year, we can cut that out, save the quality, but still have enough to produce. So at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we had a really high-quality harvest again this year. So. For Sean and Mallory, living in a vineyard is a totally new take on life. We get to look over the vines. Literally, my bedroom window looks over virtually all 27 acres of vines out there. So it's an it's a, it's a absolutely beautiful view. Um, but, you know, business never sleeps anyways. But when you live there, it's, it's, it's at your door. I like it. Obviously, the commute to work's not so bad. I was, uh, I'm always been a night person, not so much a morning person. So having a quick 20-second uh, walk to work is still is a benefit for a guy like me. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's enjoyable. And um, we have my girlfriend and I have a puppy now, and uh, Vino, and he uh, he loves the land. So he has all the land in the world to run around. We're really lucky to live there. Around the vineyard. Uh, there's also some community trails. So they're sort of just like hiking trails through the woods. If you do all three of them, it's it's a 5K hike. Um, and I never get sick of them. <laughs> I just, I want to be there every single day of my life with my dog, obviously. Um, so that's been the best the best part for me is to walk out of my front door and be able to go on a hike. I don't think many people, like usually you think of driving to a hike, right? And packing up whatever you need for the day to go on your hike that you're going to drive to. And I get to walk out the door and go go on a little hike with my dog. Um, 
And you can make your own hikes just going through the vineyard because it's about, you know, it's a two kilometer radius of vines. And um, it's just, it's just awesome to have that much space and that much nature. Um, and then, of course, like watching the vines change through the seasons um, is so cool. Like it just goes from being kind of totally brown and gray uh, to being so lush and green so quickly. And yeah, it's just it's just awesome to be, to just check on the vines week to week and see how they're doing. In the next episode, the Avondale Sky team get to test all they've learned with an exclusive event. The 12th will be our first actual official grand reopening <laughs> pickup party. Oh, like we've, we've tried, we've, we've worked within the rules to have events, um, but none like this. If you'd like to know more about Avondale Sky Winery, visit avondalesky.com or search Avondale Sky on social media platforms. This has been a Podstarter production. production.